Hello and welcome to episode 7 of the Lancashire Football Show. I'm your host, Ashley Edwards, and joining me again this week, I have Ben, Matt and Callum. Thank you as always for the support, seven episodes in now, uh, and we're going as strong as ever. Um, last week, our biggest source points focused around Accrington Stanley and their disastrous 7-0 loss. We also focused on Blackpool, and despite them dropping points again, they creeped into the playoffs last week. And we also spoke about Fleetwood giving Simon Grayson a long-term contract. However, this week, our biggest talking points are... Morecambe succumbed away to top-of-the-table Cambridge United in a 2-1 defeat that was mixed with controversy. We'll hear from manager Derek Adams, who was far from happy with David Rock's refereeing performance, which saw a contentious penalty turned down for the Shrimps, as well as a controversial red card for defender Liam Gibson. And Blackpool's strong form continues with a good Friday victory against Swindon Town, making it five straight-away wins without conceding a goal. After the first two games under interim boss Frank McAvoy, Preston have got some good results. A draw and a, a win. We'll look ahead to that. Them having a change of fortune. And finally, Burnley suffered another really damaging defeat upon return from the international break. They lost 3-2 to Southampton. Are we underestimating how poor their season has actually been? And what implications will there be both now and in the future because of the poor form this season? However, as always, we're going to kick it off in League Two. Matt, as you said, you know, Morecambe, they've, they've had a, a busy week with fixtures. Obviously, we'll, we'll touch on the games and, and everything that we're going to speak about with Morecambe soon. But first, we're going to listen to what Derek Adams had to say about his side's 2 1 loss to Cambridge United last Friday. And Adams felt like the referee could have done better with how he handled some of the time wasting situations on the day. I thought in the second half, uh, we dominated the second half. They were the better team in the first half. We were down to ten players and uh, you know performed well. But the afternoon, you know, the referee didn't handle the afternoon well from the point of view of the time wasting from from Cambridge. The goalkeeper kicks the ball out the stadium, doesn't get booked, and then gets booked thirty seconds to go. Uh, they kick the ball away most of the afternoon out of play. It, it was just something that you wouldn't want to see. And, you know, it was a difficult set of circumstances with it, you know, today. Matt, is what he said fair? Do you think the referee could have done more? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think if we look at the, the game as a whole, it was a, a disappointing performance. Um, obviously, Cole Stockton had a, an opportunity to to draw, themse- draw themselves level and, and missed it. Um, I suppose that the saving grace would be that uh, young midfielder Freddie Price scored his first professional goal in the EFL moments after coming on. But yeah, like you said, and like we heard in the clip, um, Adams was very critical of the refereeing performance, specifically in the build-up to Cambridge's first goal, in which Carlos Mendes Gomez appeared to be bundled over outside the host's penalty box. Before moments later, Mark Bonner's men mounted a counter-attack, which, which saw them take the lead. So yeah, massively disappointing from Adams. And I could see why... Uh, why he could feel aggrieved. I mean, as well as that, you've got the um, 10 minutes into the second half when Liam Gibson was sent off after bringing down Paul Mullen. Um, the referee deemed him to, to be the last man, whereas Adams, in my opinion, correctly argued that Mullen wasn't in a goal-scoring position. Um, so that that's another debatable one. And then, you know, looking at the rest of the game, like we say, Stockton had his penalty saved on 66 minutes before Cambridge were awarded uh, a penalty on 81 minutes. Another decision that angered uh, Derek Adams because uh, there was a very similar incident um, early on in the game, which could have given Morecambe a second penalty, wasn't awarded. So, yeah, um, Morecambe scored a goal back on 88 minutes, but unfortunately couldn't uh, couldn't complete the comeback. Yeah, well, obviously, you know, Matt, like you said, it wasn't a very good Friday for... Uh... For Morecambe, but despite that, you know, the saving grace from now is that having, well, they beat Cheltenham the week before, yes, they lost to Cambridge, but now with most of the teams playing earlier on today, obviously we're recording this on Easter Monday, um, Morecambe have a chance tomorrow, obviously play South End at home, a huge opportunity if they win. Uh, they're in the top three for the first time this season, I believe, or, or um, they're definitely in the top three, so, you know, Despite the the loss on Good Friday, it's uh it's certainly going to be an interesting one tomorrow because obviously Southender need to make sure they stay up, um, and obviously we've got Morecambe. Well, they're certainly in with a shout of automatic promotion now for sure. 
yeah, that's what Derek Adams is focusing on. You know, thankfully the teams around them failed to capitalise on on Morecambe's defeat, and so we win against Southend on Tuesday. We'll uh, we'll more than make up for it. Um, don't don't get me wrong, there'll be there'll be nobody absolutely crucifying them for for such a, a defeat. I, I I don't think anybody would be uh, would be thinking too negatively about it. But um, but yeah, hopefully a, a win against um, against the Shrimpers will will resurrect. Um, uh, you know their their fantastic home form and and look to to continue on their promotion push. Focusing on their opponents, you know it'd be foolish for Morecambe to underestimate uh, Southend. Obviously they've had a disappointing season by their own standards, but they're capable of beating anyone on their day. And especially being in a relegation scrap, it gives them extra motivation to fight for every point. So it'll be interesting to 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 see. But hopefully they'll uh, they'll they'll come out as uh, as winners tomorrow night. Just a, a final one from me on it. I want to bring Cal, Cal in on this. And obviously, as we've said, Morecambe can, can move into the automatics tomorrow. Now, they currently sit sixth. Um, and I think, I'm, I'm pretty sure you'll agree, Cal, that the fact that Morecambe can actually go into to third tomorrow um, with a win shows just how tight the league is. And, you know, there's, there's what, eight eight games left, seven games left now. And I think in, them, in those seven, eight games, we're going to see a hell of a lot of, of twists and turns yeah, it's going to change a lot. But I think you've, you've hit the nail on the head there, Ben. I think with the, the game Morecambe have got, it's a massive incentive. And I think they'll be they'll be chomping at the bit to win that. And I think they will. Obviously, Southend are in massive need as well. So it's going to be a very, very close game. I don't think Morecambe are going to run away with it in saying that. They probably will end up hammering Southend. But I think it's a huge incentive for them to, to jump into third spot, you know, we saw Bolton in there last week, it's now Chanmere, it's Forest Green, you know, it's it's changing all the time, so I think you're right, there's going to be a heck of a lot of twists and turns. It's 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 a very exciting promotion race this season in League Two. And Matt, this week, and we've all received Easter eggs and Easter cards, but Morecambe have received a card they didn't want again, that's three red cards in four league games now. What do you think the reason is behind this? I don't know, I, I don't want to say it's lack of discipline, because... I think each each red card they've had, you could argue, is contentious. Obviously, Sam Lavelle um, was sent off against Newport. Um, Derek Adams publicly came out and said at the time it was uh, it, it was a you know what relatively harsh. And I, again, it was similar to uh, to Liam Gibson's on um, on Friday. You know where it was deemed to be last man, but you know if the ball fell to the lad, he was never in a goal goal scoring position. And then you had. Um, yeah, the lad that was sent off against Harrogate, Nathaniel Knight-Percival. Um, again, very contentious. So I, I don't think it's, like I say, I don't think it's a case of, of, of poor discipline. I just think it's on another day, you know, the, the referee could have been more lenient. So um, I don't think there's too much concern surrounding the, uh, the, the, the recent red cards. And just a final point. Um, obviously, we'll be recording back to normal again uh, next Sunday, I believe. They've got Port Vale on Saturday as well. So that's two games in a, a space of just a, a few d- short days. Um, what do you think they can expect from that game? Well, you know, I, I, I hate to repeat myself, but as we've all said so many times this season, you know, they can expect a tough game because anybody can beat anybody down there. Um, I think it will be a tough game for them, but, you know, hopefully on the back of what, fingers crossed, will be a, a win against Southend, hopefully it'll, it'll give them the... Um, you know that the driving force to to carry on and you know overcome Saturday's opponents and and just look ahead and and, and hopefully, like we say, give them uh, give them more fuel for their promotion push. Uh, an okay week for for Morecambe. Uh, I think a win tomorrow would definitely bring things better again. Before we move on, Ash, obviously you mentioned Port Vale there. I just want to um, congratulate Rebecca Welsh. Obviously, we've, we've spoke to Rebecca through UCLan, um, and obviously today she ref Port Vale against Harrogate and became the, the first ever female ref in the EFL, which, you know, great achievement. I just wanted to add that one in there. Yeah, she did a great job as well, I think it's worth mentioning. So I'm, I'm, I'm sure that we'll uh, we'll see more of Rebecca in the uh, in the EFL in the, the weeks and, and months and seasons to come. So, yeah, fantastic. Well done, Rebecca. And over to League One now, Fleetwood, um, a 1-0 win against Wimbledon away today, uh, as of recording Monday. Uh, an 88th-minute goal 
obviously they also lost to Peterborough on Friday. So it's a mix of sort of feeling there. But I mean, in a way, it's no surprise they lost that game. We said it was going to be a tough game. Um, Cal, do you think they can be happy with with this week so far? Yeah, I think there was they went on a great run, and you know they've lost two games since then, but they've got back on the horse today with a late win against Wimbledon, and I think they'll be pleased with it because you know Wimbledon are down in the mix at the bottom, fighting for their lives. So it's a it's a it's a result you probably would have expected Fleetwood to pick up. It came late on, but I suppose they're they're the best wins. So yeah, it's it, it's a good result for Fleetwood off the back of obviously two losses. I suppose especially the Peterborough one. Peterborough are there for a reason. So it would it would have been a tough game for Fleetwood to win anyway, but you know to especially away from home today to to get the win a win's a win and I think they'll take that and and they'll run with it. Do you think they they've got enough points now to safely say that they they're away from that relegation fight? Yeah, one hundred percent. I think they're on fifth. They're on fifty three. They're they they're completely safe now. I don't. I think it's it's too tight between you know nineteenth down to the bottom from Northampton. I think Burton are probably still in it, maybe, but Fleetwood, I, you know, they're they're a good eight points above Burton, and I think they're they're fair enough. They're safe now, one hundred percent. I think the run they went on before the loss to Swindon, I think that is is probably what's done them the world of good. Fleetwood have um, bottom in the league, Rochdale on Saturday. You know, uh, it should be routine, but we'll move on to to Blackburn later on. They lost to. Wickham uh, recently as well, so no games are an easy win. And as Matt said before, you know, especially down in League One and League Two, no games an easy game. But they should be winning this one, shouldn't they? Yeah, very similar to the Wimbledon one, really. You know, you go into it expecting to win based on the league position, but you know, League One is it's the same as a lot of leagues. You know, anyone can beat anyone, and you know, Fleetwood probably would have expected to have beaten Swindon a few weeks ago with the run they were on, and Swindon. We're in the bottom four at the time and Swindon beat Fleetwood. So you can't really call it, but I guess it's a game you'd, you'd want to win and you'd expect to win. And, you know, Rochdale are two points adrift from, from just the team above them, let alone 20th place Swindon. So I think Fleetwood can be looking at three points, especially being at home as well. Matt, a team that don't really have a negative point to really talk about this week, um, again, really. Is Blackpool a 4-1 win against Gillingham at home today. Um, and on Friday, they were, I think, the only Lancashire team that actually won this week and before today's games. Uh, another positive week for them. Yeah, they've had a, they've had a solid Easter weekend, haven't they? Obviously, the, the victory against Swindon Town on Friday with, with goals coming either side of the half-time interval, which, as I said in my intro, uh, which made it five straight away wins without conceding a goal. Now, at, at any level, I'm sure we'll all agree, um, is a fantastic achievement. Um, focusing on today, obviously, the, the 4-1 win against Gillingham, uh, another dominant performance, which leaves them in fifth place, four points clear of uh, of seventh, um, which I think now it's fair to say with, with what's going on in the automatic positions, I think the playoffs are looking more and more likely um, with, with possible automatic promotion out of the question for for Blackpool, but that said, I think the form that they're in, I think they'll be one of the teams that the other clubs in in those playoff positions won't fancy playing just because of the the runner form that they're in. And Jerry Jerry scored two today. That's eighteen in thirty six games from this season. Has he been, you know, their best player this season? Um, yeah, for, for 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 me, absolutely without a question. Don't get me wrong, Blackpool have had a, a number of fantastic players this season, but you know you can't look too far beyond Jerry Yates. As you said, he's got 18 goals in 36 League One appearances so far with an extra two if you look at the, the goals he scored in the FA Cup, which I think equates to to around uh, a goal every 160 minutes of football, which is uh, a fantastic record. Um, we look at you know little details. His, his penalty record thus far is 100%, 7 out of 7. Uh, and his forward rank out of all of League One players is, is seventh out of 571. Um, if we look at the move, obviously, before the season, he moved from uh, from Rotherham um, over the summer uh, to Blackpool, although it was an undisclosed fee. I, I think it was believed to be around £200,000, which in the modern-day market is an absolute steal, especially looking at how well he's taken to uh, to the division this season. Obviously, he proved prolific in League Two. He's showing everyone what he's capable of in League One, and I wouldn't be surprised to see him having the same effect in the Championship. Um, there was reported interest from Nottingham Forest last month, which comes as no surprise, really. And we can only hope for Blackpool if they don't win promotion. Fingers crossed they do. 
that they don't receive an offer for Yates in the summer that, that could prove too ludicrous to turn down. Another striker where we're talking about, you know, in this league, I think we, you know, we're speaking on the Accrington strikers the other week. Obviously, he got his Northern Ireland call up, and you know, we spoke about that at the time. Um, it's it's good to see Lancashire clubs having sort of these sort of strikers coming through. Um, and you touched on there, he, he could well be playing uh, in a Championship team next season, possibly with Blackpool if they go up and, and keep hold of him. That playoff dream's looking more and more likely. Do you think they can maintain that now? Yeah, like I say, they're in great form. Um, there's not many games left. Um, and, and any team that comes up against them in the playoffs, should they get there, will uh, will have a really difficult task of looking to overcome Blackpool. So, yeah, personally for me, I, I think we will see them in the playoffs and, and I wouldn't be surprised to, to see them get to Wembley. And then obviously once they're there, it's, uh, it's, it's one game, 90 minutes, anything can happen. So, um, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see them there and to see them, fingers crossed, go all the way. And just before we move to Accrington, Lincoln City up next for them. Hopefully they'll they'll win that on Saturday and, and keep that playoff dream alive. Ben Accrington, they've they've had um, I don't really know how to describe their week. They they've had a win and they've drawn, so they haven't lost, which is obviously good news for them. They're eleventh, only five points off the playoffs now. I mean, last week I think we said that the playoff dream's probably over. I'm going to come back and ask that same question: Is the playoff dream? Over, or do you think it could still well be alive? Yeah, for me, obviously, it, it is over because the, you know the results of late they've stopped a little bit of a rot. Um, but I think for them, it, they're just dropping too many points. And honestly, I think it, it's turned from a very successful season into uh, I don't want to say a mediocre season, but but that's what it is essentially. Obviously, they beat Ottawa two one today, um, and they'll nil get Burton on Good Friday. Yeah, they sit eleventh, they're on fifty seven points. But although they're only five points away from the playoffs, I think Lincoln, who, who are currently in the last playoff spot, have a game in hand on them, and I think that we'll see Aki sort of lose more points between now and the end of the season that maybe a playoff team shouldn't lose. Um, but what I would say is, I think it's they definitely got ground to build on for next season as long as they can keep the, the majority of the squad together. I think that there's not much more to say on Aki, to be honest, because um, in a way, I think we all kind of feel sorry for him because we all wanted them to, to, to get into them playoffs, but this year's not their year. They've had it so tough, haven't they, Ben, with injuries? We, we touched on it a lot last week. It It's so cruel in a way because it, it could have been such a different climax to the season for Accrington Stanley but they've just been plagued by injuries it's it's an absolute nightmare for them isn't it yeah and I think that obviously doesn't help at all in terms of results and, and performances because I don't think with a full strength squad you lose 7-0 to Peterborough for example um, and I think with, with maybe a full strength squad you maybe beat Burton um, who Obviously, they're coming good under under Hasselbank, but I think you maybe beat them. So I think it it is playing a major factor for them. But as have um, referees' decisions, you know, we've seen John Coleman complaining a lot lately uh, about referees' decisions, probably justifiably so. But yeah, like I said, it's just not there yet this year. As long as they stay up, which which they are going to do comfortably um, next year, you know, it's a stepping stone for for next season now, um, and. Uh, I will be interested to see what happens next season with, with Aki at the Wham Stadium. Today's win's massive, really, because, you know, the way I was looking at it when I was doing notes before today, um, you know, a nil-nil draw is not the best reaction to a 7-nil hammering. It, it never is, but four points off the back of that is probably OK. Uh, and Wimbledon up next for them, hopefully, you know, they can put themselves out and pick up three points there. And, and you know, if they can get into a, a playoff battle, then great. If they can't, it's still been a great season, I think. Moving on to the championship now, um, we're going we're gonna to start with Blackburn as a smaller talking point and w- so we can you know dig into the Preston North End um, stuff as well. A loss against Wickham on Friday, as I, I hinted at before, you know, it's a really poor loss. And another loss today, 2-0 against Bournemouth, some really poor results. No progress is being made at all. Every week it's the same story that we're talking about. What needs to happen? Well... 
what needs to happen is they need to stop conceding from nearly every shot that that, that the opponents have at their goal. I mean, Friday they lost 1-0. Wickham had two shots on target. Today they lost 2-0. Guess how many shots on target Bournemouth had? Two. So both shots on target went in. You know, six games left. They're actually now beneath Preston, who obviously we're going to talk about. Blackburn sitting 17th with 46 points. And personally, I think we've underestimated how bad the season's actually been. They're only 11 points off the relegation zone. And Rotherham, that are in the, the highest relegation place, if that makes sense, have four games in hand on, on Blackburn. Yes, this team below um, the Rovers, who, who are probably in a more likely position to go down. But what I would say is that if you look at the end of the season fixtures for, for Tony Mowbray's side, a lot of those teams in and around them, they've now got to play. So, you know, quite simply... They have to pick up results or else they will find themselves slipping into a relegation fight. Yeah, looking at the recent form, um, it's one win in 14 for Mowbray's men. Uh, when we compare that with, with Alex Neal's poor run of form and his eventual dismissal at Preston North End, is it much of a surprise that Mowbray still finds himself in a job at Blackburn Rovers? Um, I, do you know what? I'm going to let Cal go first before I give my opinion because mine's quite a strong one. I think he... I don't know whether he's lucky to still be in a job. I think there's probably an element of loyalty, loyalty there from, from the Blackburn board. He has been there for a while. I think they're probably, like we've said in the previous weeks, they're probably just trying to see the season out as best as they can and they're probably going to make a change ahead of next season. That's what I would think they'll do and it obviously seems to be what the fans would probably lean towards. I wouldn't exactly say he's lucky. It's it's an awful run. It's a terrible run. You know, one win in 14 is relegation form. And obviously, it's, well, yeah, it's pretty horrific. But at the same time, I think they probably are just about, well, I say good enough. I know they've lost to Wickham and that is obviously terrible. But yeah, you could probably argue they're in a relegation fight. But just because of how poor the teams are below them, I think they're even poorer than Blackburn. You know, you look at, Coventry, Birmingham, Rotherham, especially. It's 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 looking okay for Blackburn if there's another few points in there. So I think he's probably going to leave at some point. I, I can't see him being the manager next season, but I'm not surprised he's still there because I think it probably goes back towards the kind of... Well, people say there's no loyalty in football, but I think there could be at the moment with Blackburn just because you know he's been there for a while. And I think... They're taking that into consideration, probably hoping he can turn things around. Yeah, I'd, you know, I just want to finish it by saying, you know, putting my point of view across in that I, before I expected them to lose to, to Bournemouth today, um, but you know, going back to Friday and and doing no disservice to Wickham, that is a terrible, terrible result. Awful. You know, talk about Dax injury or you want talk about whoever been injured. That Blackburn side have enough quality there to, to beat to beat Wickham, end of. And, you know, like I said, Wickham only had two shots on target and one have gone in. The defending is not good enough. They're not scoring enough goals. Part of me before this felt sorry for Mowbray, but now I, I do think it's time for him to go. And I think it would be silly now to to get rid of him before the end of the season because they are so close to the end of the season. But the worry is for them is if, you know, if they lose maybe two two games now on the bounce to whoever they've got next. I know the two that they've got next are uh, within the sort of bottom half and fighting for survival. Um, I think if they lose those two games or, you know, go on and continue not winning, there's going to be problems. Because they aren't that far off the relegation zone, like I said. Simply not good enough. Change has to come. I think, well, the next two, they've got Cardiff away and they've got Derby at home. Obviously, Cardiff, as, we, as we're recording, a 3-0 down to Sheffield Wednesday. So that just proves the point I'm about to make. It, it's, it's very similar to League One in terms of anyone can beat anyone. You know, Sheffield Wednesday, a second bottom. They're beating Cardiff, who are on the verge of the playoffs, 3-0. So that just goes to show that the Wickham result possibly isn't a huge surprise. They've beaten Preston, who are in a very similar position to Blackburn. They've, they've now beaten Blackburn. They've had a couple of all right results along the way. And I think 
yes, there is a, there's enough quality in the Blackburn side to be beating a side like Wickham, 100%. But I think you've got to look at it and think it probably is more of a Mowbray issue than a, a sort of the players just not playing issue because there's enough quality there. And I think if you if you possibly get rid of Mowbray, bring someone else in, that will, well, a change of manager always, you know, galvanises a side. You look at Birmingham, Bowie has got two very good results in there. It happens a lot of the time. And I think if a new manager is to come in, whenever that may be, there'll obviously be a change of heart from the fan base and there'll, and there'll obviously be a change in results because on paper, Blackburn have probably got a top 10 attack in the league. don't know whether that's pushing it, but I think there, there probably is, well, there, there is an issue there with the manager. Whether he goes before the end of the season or for the new season, I'm not too sure. Sh- I'm not too sure. I think they've probably got just enough in the tank to get a couple of all right results between now and the end to just steer clear of relegation. You know, 11 points is... If there were any if there were any less, I'd be worried. Just going back to finish on my earlier comments, I got confused with the fixtures. Yeah, they play Cardiff, but like, the games after that, Derby, Chef Wednesday, Huddersfield, Rotherham, Birmingham, all teams that are fighting for their lives, all teams that what simply have to beat. Um, and I think that's enough to conclude this section that, you know, Blackburn simply have to win games now. That, that was exactly what I was going to say. After Cardiff, all those teams that Ben just mentioned are below them. If then, if they're losing those games, they end up in a relegation fight for whatever reason. I don't think they will, because I think the other teams will keep losing as well. Then they deserve it, because all those teams are, are lower than them, other than Cardiff. Uh, moving over to Preston North End, just before we sort of, Going to the talking points, uh, we're going to listen to a clip from uh, Preston North End's interim head coach Frankie McAvoy after Friday's one-all draw with Norwich. Yeah, well, you know, we're looking for him as a positive result, and uh, that's not always the, the biggest thing for us. We we played the, the four diamond four two. We tried to nullify Norwich coming through inside the pitch. We tried to force them outside and obviously create them problems. We played two up top. You know, getting down the sides of them. I thought it started reasonably well for us, if I'm being honest. Uh, and then we sort of lost our way just a wee bit within the game. I thought we had a couple of good opportunities. I think Emil and I think Scotch was the other one. Two good opportunities to score. Uh, and the disappointing thing for us is that we allowed Wendy to come inside the pitch and open the goal up. With them. So I think someone has actually stopped playing because I think Liam had done a block challenge. So we end up 1 0 down. So it, that was the disappointing part for us because we worked so hard in what our game plan was going to be. Uh, and, you know, I just thought the, the effort, the, the effort, the, the work rate, you know, the hunger, the desire, the showdown to the 95th minute is is excellent. And that's what you're looking for as a coach. Uh, I'll let Brad Potts equalise you know, saw PNE draw that game against Norwich. A good point for them, I'd say, Cal. Yeah, terrific. I mean, the run they've been on, the trouble they've had, you know, the sacking of Alex Neal probably wasn't anything positive you could have said about them. But now it's it's kind of completely turned. Obviously, Norwich are flying away with the league. They've already wrapped it up, you'd have thought. So to get a point late on, in the fashion they did it, I think, meant probably more. You see the celebrations when all the players running over to the interim boss. I think that was probably pinpointing how much trouble they've been in and, and the sort of realisation that probably they're starting to get out of it. So it was a brilliant result for them. And then obviously we will move on to it. They've they've gone and bettered that this weekend by beating Swansea and it's just a fantastic result and two results that, well, as an interim head coach you can't really ask for any more. I think as well if we, you know, listening to the interview and, and seeing those celebrations, it's almost like you know the, the sense of togetherness within the squad has been has been brought back together. Now there's a long way to go yet, but Frankie McAvoy has, has certainly done his course for the managerial vacancy. No harm at all, has he? If he carries on in this vein of form, would you be surprised to see him? You know, given the the, the role on a full time basis, Cal? Um, no, I wouldn't be surprised. Obviously, if he if he continues to carry on and he you know he gets more positive results, well, more, more wins than losses, then then no, you'd probably be more for, for him getting the job. But I think, you know, you've got to pro- you've got to take into account the sort of new manager syndrome, as people like to call it. You know, he, he's been in there two games, two brilliant results. You can say that's the, the case for any new manager because obviously they've been in a negative... Well, the, the club's been in a negative state 
they've they've now kind of turned a corner or turn in the corner and it was always going to get better but it's obviously whether they can maintain it they've got Brentford and Stoke next obviously Stoke's a winnable game any any game's a winnable game but I suppose Brentford's the tougher one out of the two they've not been fantastic lately but their next game is Birmingham so if Brentford can win that that will make it tougher for Preston obviously but yeah, you know, he's doing himself no harm at the moment. And I think because he was already associated with the club, I think that's probably made it better. It obviously goes back to the point of, you know, the, together, the togetherness in the squad. Yeah, do you know what strikes me as well, Cal, is uh, obviously Frankie McAvoy was Alex Neal's assistant. And we've seen it before when uh, Neil left Norwich that McAvoy stayed and, and, well, at least in the interim, I, personally, I don't think he will stay at North End permanently. I think he'll guide them to to essentially survival this season and then leave. But I think between now and the end of the season, just just going off past results, like I know Preston have had success this season against the bigger teams, against the teams at the top. It, it's the teams in and around them and below them where they've dropped points. Like, you know, we mentioned they lost to Wickham earlier. For me, you know, it's about when, when they have them games, making sure that the squad's mentality isn't, oh, well, we've won this game just going into it. It's 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 a bit bigger at Deepdale for me than, than just keeping them up. I think, you know, there needs to be a mentality change. I think the attitude of some of the players isn't there or wasn't there under Neil. I think that, obviously, you've got the new manager bounce, but, you know, can they put an unbeaten run together from now until the end of the season? It's not going to make a difference in terms of, you know, they're never going to make the playoffs now. Um, but it, it's going to make a difference in terms of the next season. They can look back and say, oh, well, we finished the season with X amount of games unbeaten. Can we carry that on? Can we start afresh? I think, obviously, looking at the, the, result, looking at the results they've got is fantastic. New manager bounce. Can Preston fans look too far into it? Probably not, but it's brilliant to see. Obviously, I, th- I think it probably was a case of Neil losing the dressing room. The players, well, a player came out and said that wasn't the case. I suppose you could argue that was that's just a sort of media trained thing. The player kind of had to say that. So I think he probably did lose the dressing room and McAvoy's obviously gained it and took it over and just got them playing, I suppose, how we've seen them being able to play in the past. And I guess the mentality will come with results and they're certainly not going to go down if they can perform like they've done against Norwich and Swansea in the last two two teams in the top six. I don't really see them performing as bad as they have done. You know, in their next few games between now and the end of the season, they're not going to win them all, unlikely. But there's certainly teams in there that are beatable. Stoke... Derby, Coventry, Barnsley, Forest, and as well as Brentford, that's the rest of their game. So if he can, I think there's going to be a lot more steps forward than backwards, is what I'm trying to say for them between now and the end of the season. I just I just want to point out as well, before we sort of round, round this section off about PNE, that, you know, obviously they've gone to Swansea, won today with a, an own goal in the last minute. But by all accounts, and and having seen some of the game, um, they didn't, you know, they deserve they deserve to win. I think, you know, perhaps the perception from from people that are on the outside looking in is that oh, they've gone to Swansea, got a last minute goal, you know, they've been a bit lucky. But no, for me, well, McAvoy's white is now. Um, I think they deserved it today. Yeah, I agree. Um, it was six without a win before that Swansea game, um, so that win's massive for them. I think. They are maybe slowly turning a corner. I do think it's going to be a slow process. Or, um, and like I said, an own goal. It is a bit lucky, but I think it's things that are falling their way and they've earned that today as well. So hopefully they'll, they'll push on Brentford on Saturday like we've touched on. Another another tough game, but they've took four from, from two of those big teams already. You know, what's to say they can't get out on, uh, on Saturday as well. Moving on to the Premier League now, Ben, Burnley lost to Southampton yesterday, a 3-2 loss. Um, you know, we for the last like two weeks, we've been speaking about this long break that they've had. 
Do you think that's played a part in in you know disappointing game yesterday? No, no. I honestly, Ash, I I can't tell you how disappointing Burnley were yesterday. Of you know, they've returned from I think it was a three week break. There's two in up after 28 minutes, um, and they ended up losing three two. They were two all at half time. I think after they scored the second. They offered very, very little. You know, arguably in the closing stages of the game, they should have got something because Chris Wood's head is cleared off the line. Added to that, when he's going for the header, his shirt's tugged and, and Vardy didn't look at it and give a penalty. So maybe that they should have got a point. But even a point having been two, you know, two nil ups disappointing. I think for me, yesterday, you know, the the the, the comical thing is usually you know the Burnley way of playing the the Burnley, you know scraping results of Burnley, getting results. And and that was exactly what they weren't yesterday. Um, I think I'm going to say the same thing I said for Blackburn as Burnley. I think we have really, really, I think, you know, just going back to yesterday, I think that drove it home to me how much I've personally underestimated the poor season that Burnley have had. Um, I feel sorry for Daesh. I really, really do feel sorry for him because he hasn't been backed. And this is a very controversial opinion, but I genuinely think come the end of the season, it's time for Dyche to go. Um, I think without becoming toxic, it's become dull. The football is dull because he doesn't have any backing. And honestly, I think even with backing, I think Dyche is becoming fed up and, and has become fed up. I think it's become a sort of, you know... A, a small part of the fan base now are realising that it hasn't been good enough all season. You know, they, they've had a moments. Obviously, they won one 0 away at Liverpool. That's, that's huge. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I, I just, I just think it's time for him to move on, and I want to get the the opinions of the other two lads. Yeah, I think before I address that, it's important to highlight for for Burnley that they were they were very lucky yesterday in 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 terms of. The results that went their way. Obviously, Newcastle got a draw, but beyond that, um, Fulham, who went what one 0 up against Aston Villa, they ended up losing, and and same with Brighton, they went one 0 up against Man United and ended up losing. So, from that respect, despite the the massively disappointing uh, result against Southampton, they did get lucky with the with, with with the other results, which which sets it up nicely for a massive game next weekend or this weekend, should I say, um, at home to Newcastle United. Now, um. In response to, to your comments, Ben, I think it's interesting. Um, I, I completely agree in terms of you got to feel sorry for Dyke. He hasn't been backed in in the last couple of years, and and you know that that's becoming clear on on the pitch. Um, in terms of the style of play, Burnley have never played attractive football. Let's get that right, um, and that's no disrespect to them because what they do works. So um, you know, in in no way uh, is that disrespectful to, to Sean Dyke or Burnley. Um, I think the interesting factor will be just looking at this summer. I know he hasn't been backed, um, but that's, you know, previous ownership now. Um, we, we touched on it uh, a couple of months ago. Um, the, the telltale sign will be if these new owners back him in summer. Um, if they don't back him, um, then I wouldn't be uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see Deitch, you know, potentially move on. Um, but I think that will be the uh, you know the the deciding factor in the future of, of Sean Dyche at Burnley Football Club. Yeah, I think we probably need to wait till he gets the chance to be backed, and then like like Matt said, if he ha- if he isn't, I wouldn't put it past him wanting to leave. There's going to be a club out there, well in the Premier League, you'd have thought that that are going to take him, but I think. Yeah, I think he needs to be backed and we'll then obviously be able to see what he does when he is backed. You know, Burnley have had a couple of decent seasons in the Premier League before now. I know it's 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 obviously disappointing for them, well, very disappointing for them where they are sitting at the moment. But I think, he, you know, new ownership now, we need to see what happens in the summer. A substantial amount needs to be invested and obviously if he's backed, I think he can possibly take Burnley to the sort of, I'd say above above 13th, below 9th, which is probably what they'd take. But we just need to wait and see. I think it's probably just about too early to maybe say, 
Deutsch to go. He's potentially took the club as far as he could take them, you could argue, but they've never really had an attractive style of play. They've never really signed anybody extravagant, really. So I think they probably need to wait and see if that if that comes, and then if it doesn't, then maybe this conversation can be readdressed, in my opinion. To, to clarify from, from my point of view, I, I, by no means do I think that Burnley should sack Dyche. I think, I'm, I'm not saying, you know, the work that he's done in previously shouldn't be forgotten, um, but I am someone that believes that a manager is only as good as his last result, just like a player is only as good as his last performance. Results of late haven't been acceptable. I think, I don't want to say they should have beat Southampton, because obviously on paper, maybe not. But when you're 2-0 up in the game after 28 minutes, you should at least see that through until maybe the, the, the closing stage of the second half, especially away from home. I mean, it's dis, it's disappointing, to say the least. And I just think it is time for Dice to, to go of his own accord. Because I think for the sake of, you know, he cares, he loves Burnley, Burnley love him. But I think it's in, in the most mutual of, of agreements, you know, obviously we see that phrase a lot in football, but I think it, it could be here because I feel like it, he's taken Burnley as far as he can go. And although, yeah, he might be backed in summer, is the backing going to be enough to persuade him to stay? That That's my argument. It's one to watch, isn't it? Because I think the backing that he's received under the, the the last ownership in the last couple of years was was nothing. So, you know, anything on any any kind of improvement on that would be, uh, you know, would be uh, beneficial to to Dutch and his his team. Um, I think looking at yesterday's performance, it was very unburnley like. You know, for a team like Burnley, who was so strong defensively normally, to go two 0 up early in a game and. You know, it wasn't even into the second half that they were pegged back. They were on level terms before half-time. And and that is just not like Burnley at all. Um, and what makes it worse is it, it was their own mistakes that, that shot themselves in the foot. I mean, for that first goal, Nick Pope arguably should have saved it. And, and for the second, it was a, a Ben Mee mistake. So it just adds insult to injury, doesn't it? But yeah, I think, I think it'll be interesting come summer. I don't think Burnley will go down. I think they've just about got enough... Um, to, to, to remain in, in the division and then it'll be interesting to see what kind of backing Dach is given because he, he, he needs backing and, and like we said I wouldn't be surprised to see him go if he doesn't get that now it's interesting to see the new chairman Alan Pace um, on, on social media he is so he, he's seemingly so behind the club you know he's, he's, he's already shown that he's got the best interest of the club at heart with you know, surveys about how they can improve the match day experience. And he's already said openly that he's, he's willing to invest not only in 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 the club, you know, off off, off the field, but also on the, on the field. So I wouldn't be surprised to see uh, Alan Pace stick to, true to his word and, and you know, give Dykes that in, investment that he so desperately wants and, and, let's be honest, so desperately needs. Yeah, I just want to bring it back to... To, well, this this coming weekend's game, obviously it's it's huge, you know. Newcastle, um, me, me and Ash do a, a, another podcast called For the Fans by the Fans, where where we sort of review the Premier League games and, and matches and and preview them. Um, and we, I always say on there that Newcastle are, you know, if you take out Sheffield United and West Brom, who are terrible. I had no idea how West Brom won at the weekend, by the way. Um, if you take those two out, Newcastle are the worst side in the division. Um, and I, it wouldn't surprise me to see Newcastle go down. However, this weekend's results just gone might influence that in terms of Fulham not taking advantage and, and Newcastle clawing back a point um, against Spurs. But going back to, obviously, against Burnley, for Burnley against Newcastle, it, to me, it's a must win. Even a draw, really, you know, if Burnley can get the win, they drag themselves away from that relegation fight. Burnley don't want to be in a relegation fight and shouldn't be, you know. But just just to conclude, and and I'm really interested to to sort of get a definitive answer from both of you and you, Ash, actually. You know, have we actually underestimated how poor Burnley's season has been? Because you look at the table now and the, the what? Yeah, the seven points... Um, seven points safe, if you want to say that. But I, I just think I did. 
the, like I said before, the, the weekend result against Southampton really did drive home how poor the season has been to me. Um, and that, you know, I don't want to see Burnley struggle. I want to see Burnley do well, but I just think it's been a very, very poor season for, for numerous factors. I think what's shocking, what you've got to look at as well, is Burnley have actually scored joint second the least amount of goals in the league this season at this point. I mean, you look at the team below them, Sheffield United, that comes to no shock. They've scored the same amount of goals as, as Fulham. It's for a team that was, you know, I'd say it's Premier League, like an established Premier League team now, for me anyway. You know, the, if they're going to get the backing in the summer, is it the style of play they've got to look at and then maybe change the players who they're bringing in to fit a different play style or do they just need better players for that kind of play style? It's, it's a weird one because I do, I do like Dash. I think he's a great manager. And, and like Ben said, I think if he was to leave, it'd be off his own accord because I don't think Burnley are in the a position to sack him, really. I don't think he's done much wrong. But I, I agree, Ben. I think if it weren't for the season being as poor as it is, uh, sort of in the bottom half of the table at least, I think Burnley, well, you know, they could have got relegated this season. I, I don't think... Um... They need to change the style of play because if, if we focus on that, you know, that's the same style of play. It got them seventh place in the league a few years ago. It got them 10th place last season. Um, I just think it's it's investment that they need and and ultimately what they deserve. You know, they've, 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 they've survived in the Premier League now for, what, five seasons? Um, hopefully moving on to their sixth season next campaign. Um, so why can't a club like Burnley be given the investment that, that they so desperately need? You know, yes, it, it's been such a disappointing season, especially when we, we consider they finished 10th place last season, I think. 10th place. And and, and now they're, they're, you know, fighting against relegation with, with, with very little games uh, still to play in the campaign. So, yeah, massively disappointing season for Burnley. Um, and we can only hope that, you know, they, they, they survive this campaign and, Hopefully, look at a, a different outfits come the start of the next campaign. Cal, the, the, Cal, the players have uh, the players have let guys down this season for me. Um, you know, do you think that we have underestimated how poor the season has been for whatever reason? I think you've got to look at where they've been, and I suppose if you look at where they've been, you know, tenth last season, then it is extremely poor. But having looked at the squad, having looked at the way they play sometimes, having looked at the results they've got, I'm not surprised they're where they are. Obviously, a big factor is the, the, the little investment that they've had. The sort that, you know, the the, the pace is coming in is obviously going to hopefully reignite something going into next season, but, you know, where well, you'd expect it to. So I suppose you can't sit here and say it, it's probably not because if they've, they've, if they've bought the club, they're obviously in their heads. You'd have thought they're going to want want to invest and they're going to want Deutsch to stay so they've got to invest I think and I think it is crucial if they don't and they play like they have this season I genuinely think it could be even worse next season you know 16th 17th rather than maybe 15th but I think it has been very poor but I think I think the investment factor is huge but, you know looking beyond that I suppose you know they, they, they have, the key players in the squad probably have underperformed and scoring the, the least amount of goals in the league with Fulham isn't, isn't great. And on, on that alone, they probably deserve the tag, like you're saying, with um, how, poor the season that, how poor the season's actually been. But I think we need to wait and see for investment. I'm hopeful if they get that added with the sort of... Well, to be honest... It depends on what players they bring in because if they keep the same style that they've they've got, you know, the Burnley way, then they're going to need to be careful who they sign because a lot of players don't really play how Burnley play. And it could be a factor. I know, Matt, you don't think the, the style should be changed, but possibly it does because you could argue Burnley have been found out and that could also be an element of why they are going 2-0 up to a team like Southampton and not being able to keep it because we normally see Burnley going behind them and pegging it back, just as an example, when they beat Aston Villa. They're usually better coming from behind. So I don't know whether the mentality is there to keep a lead 
So I think it all kind of bundles into one, really. It's been a poor season, but I think a bit of backing, and obviously we know Deutsch is a great coach, so I think they can hopefully look for a better season next season. I, I don't think it's a case of, of they shouldn't change the style of play. I just think, you know, why should they when, when it served them so well in the time that Deitch has been in charge? Now, just quickly touching on on recruitment, I mean, I know, as you said, Carl, they haven't made many, you know, top quality or, or marquee signings in, in a number of years. I think the last top quality player that they signed was Stephen DeFore, and he was exceptional. He was plagued with injuries, which was massively unfortunate, but what a player he was. And 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 still, you know, Burnley didn't change the style of play. So it shows that they can bring in top quality talent without having to play this, you know, tick-attacker, top quality football. So if they can get one or two top quality talents in, then already they'd be looking at a better campaign next season. But it's just whether or not that happens. I think another big thing is probably the depth in the squad. I don't want it to sound like I'm starting to make excuses for Burnley because results-wise, performance-wise, it has been poor and there's no getting away from that. But I think the depth in the squad isn't phenomenal. And I think that probably doesn't serve them the greatest when you've got a team like Fulham with about two or three first-choice strikers, someone like Brighton. So I think... And Newcastle, you could say. So, as poor as those sides have been, they've still got more depth than Burnley. And I think that probably doesn't serve them well. So, that's obviously where... That's another reason why there needs to be significant investment. So, for Burnley's sake, we hope it happens. But I suppose it's it remains to be seen. But no, I, I do agree with you, Ben. It has been a, a very below-par season from where... We have seen Deutsch take them in the past. I think um, come the end of the season, we've we've got to maybe look at potentially doing a podcast on uh, ins and outs that Burnley need. Um, probably something we'll we'll look at at each club. To be fair, um, so that'll be one to to look out for come the end of the season. That's a great place to to wrap up for this week. Thank you to Ben, Callum, and Matt um, as always. Uh, if you want to get involved and have any talking points that you want us to discuss, then feel free to get in touch. All of our Twitter accounts will be in the podcast description. And just to note that our theme music that you can hear at the start at the end of this podcast, as well as in the breaks between the leagues, is by a group called The Cavs. You can check out all of their social media pages in the description of this podcast. This is the Lancashire Football Show, and I'm your host, Ashley Edwards. Happy Easter to you all, and we'll see you next week.